0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. We are excited to be back in action with you as we take a look at NFL players who had season-ending injuries this past season. Will they be ready for week one? How long will it be until we see them at their peak performance again? Should you draft them? All these questions and a lot more on today's show. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico. I thank you guys so much for joining us today. So good to be back here after a little hiatus, a couple months off. Back in the studio with my great friend, the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. What's I'm happening, Tom? I'm pumped, man. It's been like a month, two months or so. I'm ready to get back to it. Let's
1: talk some football. I'll tell it's you what while. after the while. Super Bowl, I avoided Twitter. I avoided sports for until this week. Like, I just, oh my God, I was so heartbreaking watching my guys go down in a tough battle, but uh, I'm back and I'm ready
0: for some more football. All right, reload, take a couple months off. You have to. Um, it's it's even so early, like March today. We're recording March 15th. To record the show, I, I made sure I was up on you know all my stats and all the info. I literally did a mock draft today. I actually did two mock Did you really today. just oh my god, just on fantasy pros, just to see. It's just I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but like you got like Kenneth Walker first round. Jacobs first round, um, Kelsey, like early first round. I'm not surprised about that. Garrett Wilson, like third round. I mean, still, I guess, waiting on yeah, final Rogers. confirmation with Rodgers, but like where guys are getting picked, incredible. It's awesome, man. And uh, it, I guess it's never too early. I mean, people do this year round. I mean, that's what we're here to do here to help out the people and talk some injuries today. But it's, I literally usually wait until. I would say June, yeah, very, probably mid June for me early.
1: for mock drafts. I mean, they're they're fun to do, but the you're not getting anything out of it now. Like what, what you're drafting now is not how it's going to look come September,
0: right? It's good to know the names and like where people are going, but
1: All All right, right, what but, else is? New I'd be
0: interested to see where like the rookies who aren't even drafted yet where they fall on those. Yeah, me too. I saw. I think Bijan Robinson go in like the fifth round, which is a joke because he's going to be one of the best running backs. Oh, he'll go possibly way of all that. time. Yeah, but it's fun to do anyway. And uh, what else is new, Tom? Except that me and you started a new workout challenge against each other, head to head. Sure did. As well, follower of our friends, uh, Baldino Burst. All right, it's based off points. It's based off some Apple Watch <laughs> BS, whatever they tell us. But Tom, you're about to be jacked for the summer and. I'm about to continue to sip my beers here and just be a mediocre guy, but I'm going to work out. I'm going to, I'm going to try to look good. I think you'll look (laughs) just fine, Joe. Hey, thanks, man. All right. Let's get to what the people want here. Let's talk a little bit of football. So we got, I think we have what, 16, 17 or something something around that 18 players. Okay. So goal of our show here, of course, mid-March, we have plenty of time until the season starts until even you guys out there have to worry about mock drafts, but, Let's talk about setting expectations. So I'm going to mention with each player they're of course, way, way, way too early ADP. But just so people know about where they're going, you know, as we record here again, March 15th, 175 days away from the first game, by the way. But again, it's fun for me at least to watch these numbers shift and we can watch them throughout the early, you know, the spring and the summer. But like we said, Tom, we'll set some expectations. We'll talk about, I mean, I read your article fantasyinjuryteam.com. For those of you guys that want to check it out, you talked a little bit about how like every player responds differently to injuries and rehab and different, you know, of course there's differences between the player and the injuries. So that's what we'll get into today and we'll try to get a head start for everybody. Right. Ready to go. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start with the ACL crew. We got nine, uh, nine of the ACL team here. Start with Kyler Murray right now. Very interestingly going really late. And Tom, you'll talk about why round 14 or so um i mean what do you got on him i mean it wasn't the same last year as we've gotten used to but still 20 points per game in 10 games played he was okay new head coach there jonathan gannon after a really bad season still got some decent weapons but what about his injury tom what do you think about him why is he going so late
1: well the first thing i want to talk about so the way we've got this show today organized is by injury so we're gonna run off a number of guys with acl injuries. There's a set um, a, there's some factors that we want to consider with each player that can help predict their readiness for week one and and readiness to be close to 100 percent. Some of those factors are the timing of the injury, so literally how many weeks from, and that time actually doesn't start until surgery. I don't care about the date of injuries, the date of surgery. That's when time starts. How long between surgery and week one? We know that nine months is that cutoff in the research for where there's a significant increased risk for a re-tear if you return before nine months. That doesn't mean it's guaranteed to happen, but nine months is that safe metric, but we really want more than that for them to be close to 100%. We want as long of time as possible. Their age at time of injury and surgery, that's huge. The younger, the better. There's a couple of guys on this list who are late thir- or late 20s, 30s. That's not great for them. But there's a lot of guys on this list who are super young, and that's a a positive factor for them. Um, In the research, the medical research, you'll sometimes see 25 is kind of that cutoff, like 25 and younger, got really, really nice prognosis, 26 and later can still return that definitely can, but it's more challenging. The number of structures injured slash needing repair. We hear about this one all the time, especially Javante Williams is the one this year. J.K. Dobbins was the one last year. The more stuff in the knee that's injured slows down rehab, makes it much, much harder to rehab from. And then another one that maybe not so much in the medical research, but just using our brains is logical. Is this person a freak athlete or are they you know, a really good athlete. So we think about who are some of the guys who have returned really fast and been electric from uh, when they came back from the ACL injury. The ones that come to mind are Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, and Cooper Cup, and they are all just
0: different. <laughs> they just three, are. three just dominant names in the fantasy fo- and in the NFL world, of course, but like, yeah, in the fantasy football world. Absolutely. So as
1: I go, as we go through this list of players, I'm going to touch on each of those points there and, and say, these are factors in this guy's favor. These are factors not in this guy's favor. And that's going to help us kind of paint a picture of, of when we can realistically expect these guys to be reliable fantasy players. So Kyler Murray, his surgery was on January 3rd. So that is only 36 weeks from opening day from week one. That's eight months and seven days, nowhere near that nine month cutoff there's a very small chance that he touches the field week one, like tiny. And the, the thing that kind of, I don't know what the word I want to use is kind of bothers and me is that right after his injury, before he had surgery, I don't know who it was, but somebody in the media said, there's a great chance that Kyler Murray's ready for week one. How in the hell are you going to make that declaration before he even had surgery? Yes, this is, A surgeon will tell you that this is not that hard of a surgery. It's not that high risk of a surgery, but it's still surgery. It's not 100% guaranteed that it's going to go as planned. You can't say that before surgery happened. Definitely can't say that when he's going to be nowhere near nine months post-op by week one. So timeline, not in Kyler Murray's favor at all. We're looking more at like maybe week four or five for him to be on the field. And even then, not at
0: 100%. So that's why way too early, but that's why he's going outside the top 10, 12 rounds. He's getting picked in the 14th round because you're going to pick him. And what are you going to do? Stash him on your bench. You could put him on the IR. I mean, it's again, it's, it's way too early, guys. We're talking about this in March, but now it's starting to make sense to me. Why is he going so late? He won't be ready. Okay. Yeah. Now factors he does have in his favor
1: is it's an isolated ACL tear by all reports. No meniscus, no MCL, no PCL, no LCL, anything like that. So that's going to make rehab should be pretty smooth. But again, we never know. Like Gus Edwards last year by all reports, isolated ACL tear took him 56 or something weeks to return to the field. Um as far as age goes, Kyler's kind of in that, you know, it's not really a positive or a negative factor for him. Um but yeah, like like I I don't see him being anywhere near the typical upside we expect from him until maybe the final playoff push from a fantasy standpoint, because so much of his value is just running. And like, we don't really see quarterback struggle to throw when they return from an ACL injury, unless one, one issue there can be the confidence of stepping up in the pocket. Cause they don't want guys. They're fearful. that guy that a defender is going to fall and roll their knee and, and, and injure them again. Sometimes that's a problem. Um, But overall, you know, Kyler's got one and a half positive factors here. Actually, you could probably you could probably throw and he's a pretty freak athlete. So you could probably throw that one in his favor as well. So maybe two and a half out of four of the uh, positive factors going his way, but really not expecting much till mid
0: to late season. All right. Really well said. A lot of good info. And then just to conclude with Kyler Murray, age 25, so he's. Again, there's no perfect age where, oh, he's good or he's too old. But like you said, he's like right on the border of that age that you're looking for. Guys younger than 25 recover a little bit better. Guys older than 25, we'll talk about a couple guys later, like Zach Ertz or even Sterling Shepard, they might be a little bit harder off. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next guy who I just adore uh, just as an athlete, as a player, it's Brees Hall and way too early going. He went late round one today. And I was like, you know what? I would probably take him there. But I mean, I've I got a lot of you to listen to here, Tom, about his injury and all that stuff. But Brees Hall was insane. I mean, he only played seven games, fifteen point one points per game in those seven games. And he was only getting better. Like he was RB five or six or something when he went down. Like I think he was on the fast track without a doubt to be the offensive rookie of the year. Who'd that go to? Was that Wilson? Was that Garrett Wilson? Olave. I think it was Garrett Wilson. Or yeah, No,
1: I think it was Wilson. One of the two. I think, two. It, I think yeah, it was because Wilson.
0: Wilson and then Sauce was the defensive player. Or right, right. Okay. Both Jets. But I mean, I, again, I think he would have run away with it. He was that like because he kept getting better. First couple weeks he was get, getting his way into. And he was RB five when he went down. Could have been RB two, three. And again, as we're recording, talk about Rogers coming into town. They just got Lazard. The off, I mean, I'm a Giants fan, but damn, the Jets' offense could what be what a huge. draft class! My goodness, really good, right? The draft Man. class as well. But Lazar, Garrett Wilson, they have Lajah Moore. I think they'll be a pretty popular underdog pick this year. But what do you got on Brees Hall? Like, is he first round draftable here in March? <laughs> you record, Let, let's talk about that. So, he's got a lot of the
1: positive factors here that we're talking about. Very young, 21, like you can't in the NFL, you can't ask for a better age to have your ACL tear to, to return from. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't. So that is very much in his favor, his age. Uh, kind of a push as far as the time of the injury goes. He was It was week seven. So he'll have 46 weeks from, from them to week one. Um, I could not find the exact date of his surgery. Typically, the way that goes, the media will either tell you, like, he had a surgery today or they or they won't. And then sometimes if it's a delayed surgery, though, like we'll talk about, um, I forget who, somebody coming up will talk about how to delayed surgery. The media will usually tell you that as well. So since I couldn't find that anywhere, I would imagine it was probably within a week after his injury was surgery. So we're looking at 45, 46 weeks to week one, which is realistic to play week one. Um, he did also have a meniscus injury, though. Again, it's so there's two tissues there ACL plus a meniscus, but it's unclear if his meniscus needed to be repaired, which would very much delay the initial phases of rehab, therefore delaying the overall process. But sometimes they don't, the meniscus is injured, but they don't need to repair it. They can either just trim it out or just leave it be. Um, I did not see anything saying he had it repaired, but I, I don't know that for sure factor he another factor he does have is he's like you said he's a freak athlete yeah he's
0: just he's just unbelievable
1: (laughs) i i i I believe his overall 2023 outlook is fine uh maybe not rb1 maybe not top five rb if he gets off to a slower start which we know historically running backs do start very slow from a fantasy standpoint after the acl you can find the data there on fantasyinjuryteam.com but he's got A lot of things going for him. His role last year was huge, and he was running the ball. He was catching the ball. He was doing everything. This offense, if they get Aaron Rodgers, is going to be elite, most likely, which means a lot of opportunities near the goal line. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers feed Aaron Jones out of the backfield for years. So I'm typically hesitant to draft a running back off of an ACL tear he is the one this year that, as it
0: stands, I would be most comfortable with taking. I'm with you. And, again, I've said the words way too early a long t- a lot on this show, but, really, I-, I would definitely consider him at this point way too early. Um, and he's not even – he's he's would probably be great on the goal line and, and receiving out of the backfield at Rodgers. He's also a dude who could just break a 70-yarder. Like, we saw that. Oh, he, he had a couple many of 60 – y- like, in, in six or seven games, he is – He's a special talent. Twenty-one years old, so something to look at. And I just wrote down a quick question: to, delayed surgery. What? What would just real quick for the for the listeners? What does that mean? Like, what if somebody delays their surgery? What are they waiting just to get a better diagnosis? Like, no,
1: no, no, no. Uh, they can't do the surgery if there's too much swelling. So Saquon oh. Barkley a few years ago had to wait a whole month to have surgery, and it's pretty much always to get the swelling down. Sometimes. Um, the person won't be able to fully straighten their knee. They have to have full knee extensions. what it's called. They have to have full knee extension before surgery as well. That you typically see though, you wouldn't typically see that with a professional athlete. You'd typically see that more with uh, someone who tore their ACL on vacation, didn't know they tore it, kept walking and doing things for a few more days or weeks before they finally got it looked at. And it, it just got, it got, stiff in the, in the bed right. position. So I wouldn't expect that with an athlete, but it's, it's more the swelling. Okay. Which in his case is, is likely
0: because the meniscus involvement. Got it. Okay. Totally makes sense. All right. On to our next guy, a player you alluded to a little bit earlier, Javante Williams, who, I mean, last year, so promising going in, I think he was, you know, late second round, early third round now being picked Again, very early round four. I've seen him a lot in round five now. Um, and he only played four games last year, but the offense for the Broncos was awful, they were atrocious. Only 8.5 points per game in those games. And I think there are some legitimate concerns here. Um, you know, about I mean, I'm sure you'll talk about it about his return to play. Denver's running back depth not great. I mean, they brought in Samaje P. Ryan from the Bengals, Lat Murray, Marlon Mack. But what are the concerns here? Why is he going later this year than he was last year? There's big
1: concerns. And his his main negative factor is multi-tissue injury. So this is ACL plus posterior lateral corner. Posterior lateral corner means LCL, PCL, and the meniscus. So he's dealing with at least four tissues that were severely injured. Um, it doesn't get a whole lot worse than this, to be honest, with this type of knee injury. Uh, The best comp is J.K. Dobbins, who had the um, ACL, LCL, meniscus, and hamstring injury. And that was in the very beginning of training camp. And Dobbins didn't return until, I believe, week three. He missed 56 weeks total between surgery and and return to the field. And then if we remember, Dobbins then had to get another procedure this year that was linked to the, the knee injury. So the concern here is that with all these tissues injured, it's slows down rehab big time. Likely was not weight-bearing for probably six, potentially four weeks, which is going to lead to a lot of muscle atrophy. Um, With all the different ligament injuries as well as the meniscus, that's going to also influence how aggressively you can work on range of motion. So it's going to be much slower. Um, What I heard from some sources was the issue with Dobbins where he needed that second surgery was he didn't have the full range of motion in his knee. So sometimes what they'll do is a manipulation under anesthesia where they put the person to sleep and the surgeon literally cranks the knee and you hear his loud snap and that scar tissue breaking up. Okay. Um, nope. I, it, <laughs> no it's thanks. actually, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds like people come out of it and they're like, oh my God, I'm so happy I did that. I feel so much better. Oh, all right. um, and it's not a major setback from a rehab standpoint either. But um, I, I heard that's what Dobbin's situation was. I don't know that for sure. But uh, that's that's a risk that Javante runs during his rehab is stiff, is not regaining that range of motion because of all the different tissues that were involved and, and much more muscle weakness and atrophy developing because of the prolonged non-weight-bearing phase. That said, he does have some positive factors as well. Injury was week four, week four 49 weeks to week one typically that's enough time. Hard to know, hard to predict this early in his case because of all the the different tissues involved, but also positive factor. He's only 22 years old. Again, that's very, very young. Bigger likelihood of recovering from this than if he was like 29. Uh, but he's going to be one that is a major risk to really count on to be an RB1 this year. What we, if you remember, Joe, what we were saying about Dobbins last year was he'll probably end the season pretty good, which is exactly what he did. But if you're picking him in the third, fourth round, expecting to count on him in the first half of the season, you're not going to get that production no. that early. So as it stands now, and I, I think this will be the same come the summer, is round five where Javante is going now. I think that's appropriate. Five and later anything before that where you're counting on him to be your RB one or two, you're you're probably not going to be able to count on him
0: that early in the season. Baked into the cost. It totally makes sense. You nailed Dobbins last year. You nailed Gus Edwards last year. We can go on and on about the guys that you crushed. I mean, of course we were wrong at times, but you really nailed at least those injuries and, with him, I think a lot of your casual fantasy players are going to look at the name be like, wow, he's going late. What a steal. But when you really dive under and, and you start to peel the layers off, like you mentioned, round five seems appropriate. It does, because there's a lot of concerns there. Okay. Next guy, I don't even know if it's worth talking about him, Tom. Odell Beckham. I'm, <laughs> didn't even play last year. Kind of sick of hearing his name at this point. I think his career is over, but what's his... I mean, is it... it Talk to us. I mean, you wanted him in the script today, Tom, what do you got?
1: He'll be a year and a half out from surgery by week one. So not really concerned from an injury standpoint. Uh, The videos that have been coming out the past week actually look pretty impressive. So I think he's probably pretty close to hundred percent now. Definitely will be by start of season, but he's older. He's 30 now. This is his second ACL tear. Those are two things not going in his favor. And Joe, he hasn't been an elite fantasy player since 2016. I mean, he's had 2,000-yard he's had seasons since then, but it's like hardly over 1,000, and the touchdowns aren't there. So I, I, see, I see him uh-huh. as a nice addition for a team, an NFL team. He's not going to give you superstar production for your fantasy team, though.
0: No. And I see somebody from a home league, like when everybody's, you know, had a bunch of beers and we're at like the 13th round, 14th round. Odell Beckham. Watch that's, is going to get picked fine. up by this that's team. I, I could see it happening. But, and also you said 2016, my mind wants to program that to be four years ago. And it's just not, it's just seven years ago. Yeah. 2016. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no thank you. Okay, on to our next guy here. We got a couple Giants to talk about. So we'll go Wondell Robinson, and then we'll go Sterling Shepherd. So both interesting here. Wandell getting picked pretty late. Round 12 right now. Um, six games played last year. 6.7 points per game. I mean, I don't think, you know, watching every Giants game pretty closely, I don't know that he's ever going to be a star in the NFL. He's a guy who flashed a little bit of upside, some decent consistency there. But uh, from a fantasy perspective, that pick seems appropriate to me i mean you'll talk about his injury but even for the giants competition for targets not that the giants have a great wide receiver room but signing of waller which was a couple days ago sterling Shepard, um darius slayton is still there even the emergence of isaiah Hodgins, and of course you have to feed barkley a lot of mouths to feed there but what's your take on robinson man? you think he's going to be ready what are your thoughts there i don't i don't hate the
1: round 12 i mean he, what he got to lose there um it's factors in his favor: He's very young, twenty-two, isolated ACL injury, no other tissues reported injured. But factors against him: later in the season, it was week eleven. That gives him thirty-nine weeks to week one. That is not the time frame we like to see. That is a comparable time frame to Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup last year, but each of them did not start very well. I know Godwin ended up having a nice season, but if you look at his. His stat lines—he—he he just put it together more in the second half of the season, as we expected.
0: Gallup, literally, as you predicted perfectly. They were rushed. Sorry to cut you off there on on your your information, but Godwin, just not a not a very good start at all. And what you were saying was that people—they were rushing him back, weren't they? Uh, like, yeah, like, yeah, they like brought him back. I believe
1: it was eight or eight and a half months after his injury. Yeah. Um, okay. Gallup was, was even quicker and Gallup never looked good last year. Um, no. and I do believe that Gallup's going to be very good this year. I think he very much will be back to who he, who he was pre-injury, but that was just so fast that they rushed him back. It was. Um, yeah. And, and with Wandell Robinson, if, if he plays week one, we're looking at a similar timeline to those guys. And I think everybody would agree that yes, Wandell Robinson looked good in his rookie year, but Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup are both far better than him. And if they struggled in their first half of the season or in Gallup's case, the whole season after this injury, it's hard to imagine Wandell Robinson will do better than them. And I know no two players or no two people are, are equal, especially with injuries, surgeries, and rehab, but using the, what we do have from, from an information standpoint, it's hard to predict Robinson really having a great season at least the first half of the season. But if you're getting him around 12, you're not really risking much. So he could have value later in the season, um, but it's just like, if he starts off slow, are you going to keep him on your roster or are just going to cut right. him
0: anyway? And here's my counter argument to that. And we could transition to Sterling Shepard as well. A guy who's going to start slow, who also, I don't know what the upside is there. Like, round 12, you can you can sit and argue all day that, oh, it's fine. There's no bad picks in round 12. But take a dart shot at that point, right? Like, take a dart throw. Like, go for someone. Go for a random rookie. Go for who knows. Like, just uh, to me, I don't think. Wandale Robinson, maybe. But to me, the next guy, Sterling Shepard, is absolutely undraftable. Watching him for years yeah, and years. Yeah. He's 30 years old now. Like, I'm telling you guys, as a big Giants fan... Don't draft Sterling Shepard in fantasy. Played three games last year, 9.3 points per game. Again, he's 30. There's no upside here. Sterling Shepard is not going to go out and torch the world coming off a pretty big injury, competition for targets. I'm out on it. I'm not I'm not going to draft a guy that's going to maybe possibly upside, put up eight points per game. I, I, there's absolutely no reason for that. But what do you got on Shepard, Tom? Anything you, you different? N- you or? nailed
1: it on the head. And let's not forget that. This ACL injury was coming off of the Achilles injury on the same side. So we'll talk about that in a second. But negative factors here, like you said, age 30, not, not great for a return from ACLs. Um, it, it was an early injury, but he's, he's the one that had the delayed surgery. It was week three that he had his, his injury was, which is late September, I believe. Surgery was October 25. So it was delayed about a month. Still, that gives him 10 and a half months to week one, which is kind of pretty, pretty reasonable. I mean, you can do it. Um, Isolated ACL tear, which does go in his favor. But let's get back to the Achilles injury. So the season prior to this past season, he had a a Achilles tear. And I want to say week 15 or 16. It was late in the season. And he came back and played in like 39 or so weeks after surgery, which is way fast for an Achilles And if you watch his ACL injury this year, it came on the last play of the game. He's just running down the field, not cutting, no defender, no contact, anything. So it's very rational to hypothesize that this was influenced by the Achilles injury. And I'll explain that. With 38, 39 weeks after the Achilles injury, no shot that his injured leg was as conditioned as his uninjured leg. From a a strength, a power, uh, a a muscular endurance standpoint, no shot that it was comparable to the uninjured side. So what can happen, and I'm particularly hypothesizing this since it was the dead last play of the game, as he's fatigued throughout the game, his musculature on the side that is still recovering from an Achilles injury is going to give out much sooner than the other leg. And he's not going to know that until it happens. And that's exactly what happened. His knee just buckled out of nowhere. And I would bet that if he didn't have that Achilles injury, that wouldn't have happened because that leg would have been more conditioned. So it's just really hard to want a player that's never been elite, who's coming, who's thirty, coming off of consecutive seasons of major injuries.
0: Fully agree. And I realize for some reason, Tom, the way we must have set this up is that we had some of the young guys early, but now we're getting into like the yucky stuff, like. <laughs> that <laughs> last couple ACL guys here. Well, Jalen Guyton is next 25, but after that 29, 32, just talked about Shepard being 30, but I agree with you, man. I just don't see a reason for drafting him. Now, next guy too. I mean, I had some positive things to say about some of these guys earlier. Brees Hall, I was all in on, but Jalen Guyton right now being picked super late. Another guy that people are just kind of throwing darts at. Last year played three games for the Chargers. Of course, it was Kind of a deep threat guy, at least in training camp. We heard some things about him. Only 2.5 points per game. And another team, you could compare the Chargers to the Giants. The Chargers offensively with their wide receiver weapons, I would say, are exponentially better. But with competition for targets, you still have Keenan Allen, of course. Big Mike Williams. Joshua Palmer's probably not going anywhere. You have DeAndre Carter, who's eh, he's all right. Eckler, if he stays, I know he's trying to make his way out. Who knows? We'll see. They like getting their tight ends involved. Um, and Herbert's a great quarterback, as we know, of course. Can he sustain five fantasies, six fantasy players? I don't think so. I am all the way out on Guyton, at least early here. Unreliable, kind of deep threat off an injury. But Todd, tell me if you if you think differently, man. What do you got on Guyton?
1: No, I mean, I, I agree. I, and I think Jalen Guyton's archetype in this league is is not a high volume receiver. He's a deep threat. He kind of reminds me of like Demarcus Robinson with uh, the Chiefs. He's got his role on an NFL roster for sure. I don't know that he has his role on your fantasy roster though. Uh, As far as those factors go, age is a push at 25. Early injury though, um, he'll have a solid 49 weeks until week one. That's plenty of time to be ready. So unless there's a setback, that's an unpredictable setback, kind of like we saw with Gus Edwards last year, he should be ready to go week one, also an isolated ACL tear, no other tissues involved. So really, as far as these factors in, in that influence the recovery go, he's got them all in his favor. I mean, the age is a push, but the other two, the the time frame and the isolated ACL are there. I would not say he's a freak athlete. So I don't know that he has that part going like, like Cooper cup did when he had his ACL injury. Sure. Um, but I think it's more like what what's his role? Like he's got his role in the NFL, but does he have a role in your
0: fantasy team? Probably not. I think that's perfectly said. And again, something that can develop through uh training camp, through the offseason, things that we could see change, but I agree with you totally there. Okay. Another guy didn't play a single snap last year, got hurt, I guess, late August, whatever it was, Tim Patrick and he, he's shown that he's a legit, solid, at least NFL receiver. And he was a guy that you might be able to like sneak into your flex or whatever for a little while, 29 years old. He's a, again, a pretty capable NFL receiver. But I think the theme of today is we're talking about guys who play on teams with competition for targets. Again, you got Jerry Judy, you got Cortland Sutton, if Hamler Hinton, even Greg Dulcich emerged as a decent tight end last year, maybe not for fantasy, but at least NFL wise. And then, Of course, you had in that the Broncos just stunk out loud, and then we haven't even mentioned Javante Williams, but what do we think about Tim Patrick? I mean, I I could also almost see a trade going on there, something move one of these guys out of there, because they got some legit NFL receivers, but piggybacking off what you just said for Guyton, I don't know about a role in a fantasy team. What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, they are actually talking about trading Jerry Judy, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. As far as Patrick goes, very early injury before the season started. So he'll have over a year to week one. That's what you like to see. He's a bit older, though, 29. So that's not really helping his healing recovery situation. Isolated ACL tear. So that is good. So he's got two positive factors here. And I think you nailed it. I mean, he's a solid player. He's not a game breaker. And I think that might actually go in his favor because he's not he was never his game was never built on being a freak athlete. He he's not gonna take the top off of the defense. He's not a shifty joystick like player. He just knows how to run routes crisp and how to catch the ball. And he's like six foot four. He's got a big body. Yep. So I, I see him not seeing that big of a hit for, for his statistics compared to the season prior. But he the
0: upside is not tremendous. All in on that. Agree with you there on Tim Patrick. And our last guy from the, uh, oh, the all ACL team. It is a guy who's who's been around the fantasy world and, of course, the NFL world. What feels like forever. And and I'm sure he's near and dear to your heart being a former Eagle Tom. Zach Ertz getting picked very late right now. Um, <laughs> 32 years old. And, then, and again, we have to bring this up. I laugh. Like, oh, so old. 32. And we're sitting here as 30 and 31 years old, whatever we are. Um <laughs> I don't know that he ever returns man to a high level like last year again. Okay. I mean, Zach Ertz last year played 10 games, 9.2 points per game. Fine. Not going to wow you like solid tight end production, but I just don't know if I trust it. And before you go and talk about his injury and then sculpt my mind and change my mind, like, he might be a guy like if you whiff on tight end, like, yeah, OK, I'll take Zach Ertz in the 14th round and he'll get me six points per game. But I just the age scares me. And I I think he's over the hump at this point. What do you think, Tom?
1: That's exactly how I see it. And if we look at his situation, he's older, 32. That's not good for recovery. His an ACL and an MCL and both had to be repaired. A lot of times the MCL is injured, but doesn't need to be repaired. In Ertz's case, it did. This injury was pretty late in the season. It'll be about 42 weeks from surgery to week one, which isn't out of the question to do. But with it being a multi-ligament injury and him being a little older, I, it's hard to predict at this point if he'll be out there week one. Um, but kind of like Tim Patrick, he he's not at this point in his career, Ertz is not an explosive athlete. So regaining ridiculous speed or ridiculous agility isn't really what he needs he is a big body he knows how to get open he knows how to find the holes in the defense and if you throw him the ball he's gonna catch it so I I don't think next season is a, a complete completely out of the question for him to be valuable on your fantasy team I see Ertz in this latter portion of his career mirroring Jason Witten. in his latter oh, I swear to you, spirit. I was just
0: going to say that. I was just <laughs> going to say, I swear. I was like, is he just going to be like, like Witten in his last two years? Like, I, I really think he is. It's and, so and perfect. Yes. I think
1: he is. I, I really do. I think he's going to be a solid possession tight end who will score a couple touchdowns a year. He's yep. not going to have a hundred yard games probably ever again, but he'll be good for like five for 40. And, all maybe
0: five. a touchdown, like and, maybe. But
1: here's the thing. All five of those are going to be third and seven first downs. And
0: and it's going to be one yard past the marker, and exactly. he's going to fall down <laughs> exactly. and operate tackles, and he's just going to be the guy. It's, yeah. That's so perfect. I agree yeah. with you totally there. Okay. All right. So that's it for the ACL group. So now we're going on. We have two more categories here. This one's, uh, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys in this one, and then two guys in our last one. So these injuries now we're going to talk about are ankle and foot injuries. So we're going to start here with Cooper Cup. Tom, do you want to say anything about the injury itself first, or do you want to? So some of these
1: guys have the same injuries. Some of them are different. The overarching theme with a foot and ankle injury is that if if a major surgery takes place, that typically is followed by a period of immobilization in either a cast or a boot and non weight bearing on that limb. Um, and that is not good because what happens is the ankle gets stiff, the foot gets stiff and it gets very weak. The so weakness is not hard to get back that with an entire off season. I have no issue with these guys getting their full strength back, but some of these guys, especially some of the older ones, they run the risk for never re- fully regaining their foot and ankle mobility. Now that does not usually impact performance. So Cooper Cup is the first one we'll talk about. He's a little bit older. I think he's still going to be elite because he's just insane. But a stiff foot or ankle can influence and change the mechanics in the lower extremity that can render one prone for another type of injury. And it doesn't need to be the foot or the ankle. It can be the knee. It can be the hip. It can be the back. It just changes the shock absorption feature of the foot and ankle that can uh, can be an issue down the road. So with Cooper Cup, he had that major high ankle sprain with the tightrope procedure. And honestly, if, if if the Rams were good, he, there, there was a chance that he could have returned at the end of the season. So what that tells us is that he has a full offseason to train at max capacity, not concerned at all for him to be an elite wide receiver week one. There is some of that risk that for future injury, but I mean, he hasn't had... He's had the ACL as well, but he returned from that and had several consecutive amazing seasons. I think the upside far outweighs any potential increase in injury risk.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. He's going to be one of my guys that we use the word freak athlete a lot. He's going to be one of them. Put him in from the last ACL category, the Brees Hall category. He's just, I mean, now it also, honestly, as crazy as this is, you might be getting met at discount. Because right now, what I he saw might, today yeah. a couple of times was mid to late round two. you think about that, last year I think I took him late first round, mid first round he was going. And with this entire, like you said, offseason to rest, he's still a freak. Last year, man, eight full games played, 20.5 points per game. We might, He might have broke his records from the previous year. He, the guy was scorching hot. The problem, of course, was that the Rams themselves were broken. I mean, we saw what happened when he went down there throwing – you know, Ben Skoranek is getting six targets and they're peppering Tyler Higby with tar- like Allen Robinson, a massive disappointment. Nobody else is there. But again, I think he's still got two or three more years of solid. I think this year he could still be elite. Next year, probably maybe a little bit on the down tick, but I think he's got two to three more years of solid fantasy production. 29 years old. Um, He's just unbelievable, man. Just, Agreed. It's insane. Okay, next guy, Jimmy G. Going very late here again. Maybe a guy you want to take a, a flyer, a quarterback. He's a Raider now, though, right? He, I mean, slides he is a right in on the Raiders. Interesting stuff. Fifteen points per game again. A guy that might not be fantasy relevant, but could be a guy like, hey, you know, I whiffed on quarterback. I waited. I'm just going to grab him and and also take, you know, I don't know, some, Daniel Jones as uh, you know, you the the. Type of thing where you take two quarterbacks, but it could be okay, it could be consistent, more of a game manager. But now with Adams, they also have Jacoby Myers, um, Hunter Renfro. I mean, it could be a good team. We'll see. But what do you think about Jimmy J? Yeah, he had that left foot
1: fracture that he ended up missing the rest of the season. Absolutely no concern here. So when I talked before about how the uh, a fracture in the foot and ankle can alter mechanics, yes, it can. It can lead to a stiff foot. But for a pocket passer, I'm not concerned there. I'm more concerned in that sense for someone who's running all over the place. Right. Jimmy G's a pure pocket passer. He's not Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson running around. So, absolutely not concerned about this at all. And it's also his left foot. So, it's not the one that he pushes off of to generate power. He's totally fine to go next season.
0: Now, here's where my mind goes with Jimmy G. He's been on, you know, Shanahan offense team with a good defense that he's had to be a game manager for all these years. I don't know what the Raiders' plans are defensively, but they have been horrendous. They have been an awful defensive team. So, what if Jimmy G, this safe guy that's had, you know, 15 points per game, a very, very low end QB1, QB2, like, what if he's forced to score thirty something points a game? Listen, like well, I'm not he, saying he's, to go out of your way to draft Jimmy G, he, but like yeah. you could see a change in, in his at least passing attempts and overall yeah, touchdowns because you have he to will. keep up.
1: Yeah, and, but he's he's reunited with Josh McDaniels, who he knows very well from his time in New England. He's got the weapons to oh, yeah. put up forty passes a game. So I I I liked this signing for Jimmy G. I did not think it made any difference for the Raiders, though, because I think
0: him and Carr are pretty parallel to sure. each other. Right. OK, agreed. Next guy, Trey Lance going late, you know, around 10, 11, 12, um, only played one full game, scored 10 points. We'll talk about this. I don't even know who their starter is. Am I dumb? I, is it is it him? Is it Purdy? I, I imagine it'd be Lance, but let's, let's hold that else? discussion till the end when we talk about Purdy. Sounds good, but. What do you got on Lance? Himself? I mean, he's young, right? I didn't even look up his age. He's got yeah. yeah. 22 right? or 22 yeah.
1: at the time of injury, at least. Um, okay. Broken right fibula with ligament damage, both needed surgery. So that's not great. Uh, definitely boot immobilized, non-weight bearing for four to six weeks there. So considering some of that stiffness that we talked about before, but what he does have going in his favor there is like we just said, he's young. So that that chronic stiffness certainly can develop with an injury at any age. I see people literally every single day of my practice who have a knee or a hip or a back injury that we are very easily able to, to link to an ankle injury that happened when they were like 15 and they never did anything for it. Um, but he's got a great training staff there who should be all over that, getting that range of motion back. And since he's only 22, he's more likely to get all that motion back than, if, than he would if he was 30. The issue then becomes, though, it's his right leg. So that's the one that he pushes off up to throw. And he's a running quarterback. So if he doesn't fully regain all that mobility there, then some of those mechanical changes could show their face a little bit more than they would with someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, That sounds negative overall, but none of that's going to impact his performance as a player, though. So, he should be able to run just like he was before. He should be able to throw just like he was before. And he's got an entire offseason to train. So, I actually, I like his
0: outlook for the upcoming season if he wins the starting job. Okay. We'll be pulling for him, and we got a couple months to monitor. All right. Tom, six players left here. And I don't know if you hear that. Uh... Wow. You know what that is? That's the horn for who I think is is going to be the RB1 in fantasy this year. Wow. And, and I just, That's I just a am statement obsessed. Joe. I, I might be obsessed with him. I think. You and are. we're we're about to talk about Tony Pollard here, who right now on March 15th is getting picked in the late second round. Okay. I'm going after this guy in the first round. He played 16 games last year, of course, behind Zeke. 14.3 points per game. They just franchise tagged him. He's 26 years old. Tony Pollard is in the prime of his career. He's going to absolutely explode again. Zeke literally today, they just found out that he's gone. Right? They're not signing him again. And listen, Jerry Jones loved Zeke. Loved Zeke. They're not going to let him go if they think... Well, I guess one, he could still help the team, but two, if Tony Pollard wouldn't be able to do the job, dude is a touchdown scorer. Dude is elusive. He catches passes. I I, I literally might be obsessed with Tony Pollard. I don't care if I'm a Giants fan. I'll, I'll root for him. I love him. Watch me. They're going to draft B. John Robinson somehow randomly watch. Him. I'm just going to be like, okay, let's erase that entire tape. They do. They just, just, just to absolutely destroy me. But I love Tony Pollard, man. And actually, now that I'm talking about it, I don't even remember what the heck his injury was. It was late in the year, right? So don't don't <laughs> give me don't give me bad news here, Tom. What's that? What's happened in Mepalli?
1: Yeah, it, it happened in the divisional round of the playoffs. So almost right. as late as it possibly could. It was a fibula fracture and a high ankle sprain. The fracture needed surgery, which is about 12 months till full function. Um, usually non-weight bearing for the first six weeks, and then gradually kind of getting back into it weeks around week eight or 10, start running in either a pool or an anti-gravity treadmill. Um, All that said, I mean, ready to go week one, for sure. The only concern here would be like we talked about with, with Lance and some of the guys before is if he doesn't regain that full mobility in the ankle. Um, He's 26, I think. So kind of on the cusp of, of where the, the literature says, um. Uh. From an age standpoint, like prog- prognosis to to full return, but I, even if he doesn't get that full range back, like that's not going to impact his speed, agility, quickness, and he's gonna be elite as as, uh, as you well. So know <laughs> He is Just so. Love he, he's you know he his uh, his come up if you will reminds me of Austin Eckler's. I had Melvin Gordon for so many years and you could just watching the games, you could tell that Melvin Gordon was not good, but Austin Eckler was really good. Yep. And then Gordon leaves and Eckler becomes a superstar. Like the same thing's happening here. It's the exact sure. same thing.
0: It's got a couple of years to prove it, man. I, and you know, it's actually insane. When I, when I wrote this, I wrote, you know, thought about all these things that I was going to say about how I love them. And this was even before Today the news came out about Zeke not signing with them again. So it just excites me more. I can't wait to see it. All right. Now, if there's the opposite, Tom, what would be the opposite of me playing an air horde? <laughs> just farting uh, through the yeah, microphone. Probably a farting second. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start farting for Rashad Penny here. And and you're going to have a very mm-hmm keen interest in this because now he's an eagle and they just got lit- There's so much happening to they just got rid of Miles Sanders. We yeah, talk about he's, that. he's a Panther now. Crazy, man. But Rashad Penny, dude, burned me last year. I, I was I was truly in on him. I believed in him. Um, played five games last year. Rashad Penny averaged 10 points per game. But really, if you look at it with the microscope, look at it a little, a little bit closer. He was Rashad Penny was really bad for four games. He had one blow up game of twenty eight point two. But the other four games were really bad. I personally believe it's a bad signing for the Eagles. Again, it could be a personal vendetta I have right now because he burned me last year with his injury. Uh, but again, last time I doubted an Eagles running back was around this time last year when I said Miles Sanders is undraftable and look what he turned out to be. So <laughs> we got we to see how things go here. But again, you know, to conclude my point, Sanders, uh, well, Sanders is gone, but Penny, Scott is still there, Gainwell. How do you feel about all this, Tom? Wrap your head around the Rashad Penny signing.
1: Yeah, I was very indifferent as an Eagles fan when I saw it and then I kept thinking about it more. Overall, he's not that much different than Miles Sanders as far as a player is. I think Penny's a little bit better of a runner, but not that much different. I think he he's a fine addition to the team, to the roster, and if he stays healthy, he'll have a pretty good fantasy season. But the problem is he's missed 38 games in five seasons. And all five of those seasons, he's missed multiple games. Um, And this fibula fracture, like we talked about just before, with uh, the same thing Tony Pollard has, just more (laughs) risk for more injuries going forward. Uh, When he's out there, he's tremendous, though. He is, and this offensive line is absolutely elite. Jason Kelsey's coming back. It's going to be a lead again, but here's how I'm seeing this. If the Eagles don't add any other running backs, I think the secret here is take Kenneth Gainwell because Penny's not going to play the entire season or at least up to this point in his career. He hasn't. And there's no evidence that that's going to change, especially with this most recent injury. The Eagles love Gainwell. They'll use him in all situations, whether that's first down, second down, third down, goal line, passing, whatever. And Gainwell's, I watch every Eagles game. He's a good runner. He's a good player. He's not going to ever be a 25 touch a game guy. He's a little too small for that. But let's say Penny goes down. It's going to be a split between Gainwell and Boston Scott. And they'll both get enough work on on this high-powered offense that they'll give you a return on your investment. Let's cuz Gamewell's not going to be like a pick until 11, 12, 13. It's not like you're swinging at round 5 for him. And Gamewell's floor, he's going to meet that floor of a 11th or 12th round with the likelihood of surpassing that if Penny misses a lot of time.
0: I like it. I'm in on it. Um yeah, again, Pat, I, I do see the similarity in running styles, like you alluded to, between him and Sanders. Um, we'll see. And, and actually, thinking of the Eagles, are they making that play illegal? The, uh, oh, want the, the tush push. push. I hope not. The, the, the It's but, unstoppable. I was just gonna call it the butt run. <laughs> no, it's the called push. the tush push. All right, the tush push. They I, better not. I was just picturing their <laughs> their, their offense. I that heard un- that they were going to. But
1: it's unstoppable it's literally unstoppable. i think it got stopped once all season and i believe that was
0: on a third down so we just did it again the next play and got it yep literally perfect all right four players left tom next guy is another guy not a great last season rashad bateman now being picked round seven round eight or so played six games last year bateman did averaged only 7.7 7 points per game um I know there's been a lot of talk off season wise and late season Rashad Bateman got hurt. He screwed me over. He didn't return his value because he got hurt, but people are, are quick to forget here. He really didn't do much before his injury. I mean, he played, you know, third of the season, six games, only seven points a game. Um, I mean, I could see again, I read a lot of articles, Tom, and I'm on Twitter all the time. There's so many fantasy experts out there saying this is Rashad Bateman season. Trust him again. Take him again. I, I don't know. I don't know that I'm sold on him. Convince me of something, Tom. I don't know which way the heck to lean on Rashad Bateman.
1: Well, let's talk about his injury. It was a Liz Frank injury, which prior to, like this time last year, was terrifying, Um, but we've kind of seen how younger players respond pretty favorably. I mean, Travis Etienne this year was great, and prior to Etienne, the evidence was Le'Veon Bell's rookie year, Julio Jones uh, is either his first or second year. Those guys turned out just fine. It's the older players that do not respond well to that injury, and Bayman's plenty young, so from an injury standpoint, I am not concerned. We need to monitor Lamar Jackson's situation because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be there yet, and uh, we need to monitor what whatever else Baltimore does at the pass catching positions, if if he is the receiver one in this offense and it's Lamar Jackson or somebody else who's proven that they can throw the ball. Well, I still think he's a nice, nice play. I I'm not going okay. to have him as my receiver one or two, but I think he's a fine flex and a fine third receiver for, you know, some leagues
0: start three receivers. Sure. Yep. Um,
1: I, I'm not out on him yet by any means.
0: Okay. Got to just monitor as always, like where he's going to be drafted, like fifth round, Way too early once again is gonna say that it, it seems early for me now. If he's going seventh, I, I don't know. We'll have to see how things go. If the Ravens sign somebody, what's up with Jackson? But okay, he was a big name last year. I remember Bateman going, you know, people talking about him, fifth, sixth round, guy that could flash some upside. And again, the wide receiver one for the Ravens. I don't really know what that means for anybody, but especially with, with the downtick of Mark Andrews, too, he really didn't do so much. So We'll continue to check that out. And another guy, another Raven here, last one from this injury category is Devin DuVernay. And I believe he's going undrafted as of now. Um, averaged, let's see, actually seven points per game. Okay. In 14 games played last year. I mean, I don't see the upside there. What do you know about Devin DuVernay? What, what was even his injury? I don't even remember. Fifth metatarsal <laughs> fracture. So that's the outside foot bone. Uh, he'll who? Become... Is that
1: a dinosaur, a minotaur? Yeah. 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 Fractured his <laughs>
0: dinosaurs. Okay. Fractured his
1: dinosaur. Damn it. Yeah, thanks, um, he'll be completely fine by week one. And I see Duvernay very similar to how we talked about Jalen Guyton. Like he has a role on an NFL team. He very much does. I don't know that he has a role on your fantasy team though.
0: Okay. All right, Tom, our last two, we're going to put these guys in the other category. It's actually two quarterbacks. We're going to lead with another Raven Lamar Jackson, and then we're going to finish with Brock Purdy. So Going to Lamar Jackson, going again, just about the same as last year, round five, round six. 12 games last year, wound up with this sounds pretty good, but disappointing after his start. 19.7 points per game, which again is solid. But do you remember his first three weeks last year? 20.2. But I'm looking at your script, so now I I know. 20.2, fine. 42.6 in week two. You had him week two last year. You're like, okay, that the league is over. And then he comes back in week three and puts up 39.4, but then he cooled off pretty significantly, but like still a solid fantasy season. I think he should be in for another one, but talk about his injury a little bit, Tom. And we talked about his weapons or I guess, lack of weapons. We'll see what, what happens there, but how is he from a health perspective? this is the same injury we talked about the last like five
1: episodes of last season. It's that PCL. So this is not a surgical player here. He did not have surgery here and it should be fine by, by next season. The issue with the PCL is it doesn't like really actually heal. Usually it's the rehab is, is time for that swelling to go down and time to allow your body, train your body to compensate for not having that full stability of the PCL. Now his wasn't fully torn, so he still does have some, P- some part of the PCL intact, which is, which is great. But we talked a lot about last year about the proprioceptive role of ligaments, especially the PCL. So Joe, you teacher. Were you paying attention when I was talking? What is proprioception?
0: No. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Did
1: That's- you say that on today's show? I swear I've been listening the whole time. I did not say it on today's show. I said okay. it on our last like three or four shows of last season.
0: Right. Okay. So, so four uh, months ago. and Yeah. I so go, don't go even... back
1: and do your homework, but no, I, so that's, it's, <laughs> it's our body's sense of where our limbs are in space without looking. So that's, it's the classic like sobriety test where you close your eyes, touch your finger. If you're, if you have intact proprioception, you can, you can touch your, your finger to your nose. No problem. Um, but thinking about this functionally for a football player, for Lamar Jackson, that's, his ability to plant his foot and cut very, very quickly and confidently without looking down at where his foot is. Right. So the ligaments play a major proprioceptive role. And that's one of the big issues with ACL tears is that sensory input from the ACL to, and it's all subconscious to, to, uh, to the spinal cord and the brain uh, that, that's, that's lost. But the, the ACL plays a much larger actual like true stability role than the pcl does but the pcl still has a very large proprioceptive role he'll have plenty of time to rehab to the point where he's good he's compensating just fine from a muscular standpoint there so not a concern at all for him week one um i think he's wherever he plays he's locked and loaded fantasy starter
0: i legitimately learn something new every time i listen like Well, I told you that one like four times last year. Well, (laughs) it just, (laughs) well, I learned something new. I forget it. And then I learned, that's why I learned something new because I'll forget. And then I learned something (laughs) new again. (laughs) But like, I love that you talk about the uh, so many of us, especially me, before we started even doing these shows together. Like, it's not just an injury, right? It's the confidence behind the injury. It's literally, can you plant your foot without thinking where your foot's going to go? Like, are you going to hit the whole because you're confident enough to do so there's so much yep. that goes into it it's it's a pleasure tom all right um, we, human beings are complex creatures yeah we're weird man we are all stuff out there all right brock purdy is he weird tom is he going to be the starter sneaky <laughs> sneaky brock purdy last year six games played 17.7 points per game i mean again he looked the part who the he heck did. knows who he their starter is going to be? I'm I'm glad that Jimmy G is gone because <laughs> there's just way too many there's way too many good quarterbacks on that team. But what's happening with Brock Purdy? He was it was hurt real late, right? I mean, what playoff yeah. game or uh, was it the uh, conference championship? Yeah. Um, so what's his deal? What's his outlook here? He had a full blown UCL tear.
1: Full thickness, uh, absolutely needed surgery. And if you remember, like we talked about before with the delayed surgery, his sur- he didn't have surgery until four days ago or so. And then it's again, it's because of all that swelling in there. The debate was, does he need a full-blown UCL reconstruction, which is the Tommy John surgery, or can they repair it? Uh, repair is advantageous from a timeline standpoint, whereas, uh, but sometimes you just need the full-blown Tommy John surgery. And these days they're doing a UCL repair with an internal brace. That's what they're calling it. So basically they're using some synthetic structures to anchor the native UCL ligament to, and it provides the, the synthetic structures provide additional support, which means that you can start stressing the elbow from a rehab standpoint much sooner than if, if it didn't. Now, I had tweeted about a week ago before he, or no, I tweeted right after surgery and they, they confirmed that he did the, the UCL repair. One of the concerns there is the surgeon doesn't actually know what surgery he can do, he or she can do until they're in there. So the MRI gives a lot of information, but until they take the scalpel and open things up and really see what the situation is they don't know for sure if they can do the repair. They may have a very good idea that that's what they can do based off some of the imaging. But especially when it's like a month after the injury, the torn portions of the ligament start to retract. So they start to pull further away from each other. And if they pull far enough away from each other, the surgeon's not going to be able to stretch them to where they meet up and they can then suture them back together. So, that's one of the concerns I was having when, it, when we kept hearing that he hasn't had surgery yet. He hasn't had surgery yet. I was getting concerned that he wasn't going to be able to have a repair if the torn ends of the ligaments couldn't match up again. Now, from a timeline standpoint, the, the new internal brace repair surgery averages five months to return to full function, whereas with Tommy John, it's 11.6 months. Wow. So, that's, a, that's half the time. That's more than half the time. That's sure. awesome. Yeah. But let's talk about the rehab from this injury. No throwing at all until 12 weeks post-op. So he had surgery four or five days ago. We're looking at like uh, end of May, June. June. With yeah. Based off my quick, yeah, I think more June there. Uh, Mid-June, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably mid-June.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, that, and that's not full throwing. That's beginning the graded throwing program. So some of the research I was looking at, That starts with just 45 feet is how far you're throwing. That's it. And you gradually build that each week for over the next eight weeks. And it's not full-blown throwing until 20 weeks after surgery. So that's July 28th. Camp has already started at that point. So you asked me before when we were talking about Trey Lance, who's going to be the starter here? Well, Lance has a hell of a head start because he's practicing in full or training in full right now whereas Purdy won't be throwing at all until mid-June and not throwing deep balls or, or at full capacity at all until the end of July, two weeks into camp. So I, it's going to take a lot for Purdy to, to beat out Trey Lance, strictly based
0: off that timeline. Right. So it, it sounds like right now it's going to be Trey Lance. All right. A lot to think about there. Okay. It's a long time. The, the, just the recovery process is long and, and the gradual, or, I mean, when, when does training camp even start What we're looking at like mid July, usually, ish, yes. July ish. So he, he's going to be behind the eight ball there. Okay. Way to get to my question, Tom. It only took us uh, eight players to get through it, but now I got my answer. Trey Lance is, is is probably the answer to to the starting quarterback job. All right. All right, Tom, anything else before we head off here?
1: Ah man, that's uh, gonna be. Uh, I guess we got March Madness coming
0: up, so yeah, we got some maybe. sports there. All right, <laughs> yay sports! <laughs> sports are back. All right, and you guys at home, thank you so much for listening. We we genuinely appreciate you guys so much. It wraps up today's show. It was great to be back, Tom. I had a great time today, and and we'll be doing a couple of these shows. I'm assuming you know every couple of weeks or whatever as more you know injury updates come out or we, you yeah, know we'll, once once make we'll another another show or two before training camp starts. Sure. All right. Excited to talk more fantasy football with you guys in the near future. And again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We are the fantasy injury team.